Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you. It's Thursday morning. Sorry if I'm not my normal, cheerful, jovial self. I just like uh, a lot of Steelers Nation and am in mourning for the loss of a great one. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers um, lost Franco Harris uh, Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. I, at the time I'm recording this, I don't know exactly what they consider the the, the time of death, which day, which what cause, everything. It doesn't matter. All I know is that one day Franco Harris is is you know talking with fans and reporters and taking pictures, and the and the next day he's gone. He's gone, and so close to um, getting his number retired by the Steelers with all the celebration around the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Um, it's just, it, it makes it even harder for Steelers Nation to have to handle. Uh, we, we love you, Franco. Um, great football player, even a greater person. So much of what you hear about Franco Harris, even from Coach Tomlin, is about, you know, the extent of him as a person. So um, to honor Franco Harris, I'm going to do what I do, and I'm going to talk numbers. Um, First-round draft pick of the Steelers in 1972, 13th overall out of Penn State, nine straight Pro Bowls to start his career, nine straight Pro Bowls. He was all pro one time. That was in 1977, um, and that was following 76 when he had 14 touchdowns. Um just a, a, a great career for the Steelers. Uh, he was 50 yards shy of 12,000 rushing yards regular season for the Steelers. So, you know, you had 11,950 rushing yards on two, or on 2,881 rushing attempts, 91 rushing touchdowns, added another 306 receptions for 2,284 yards, nine receiving touchdowns. Then you just, then you go to the playoffs and here's, What's just so crazy to look at that he played in 19 postseason games for the Steelers from 72 to 83. Yes, you know, the NFL knows him for the immaculate reception. Steelers fans know him for being the great player that he was. 17 total touchdowns in the postseason. One receiving, uh, I assume that's the immaculate reception, um, and 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 then the other sixteen were were rushing. Um, he added another. Uh, he had another fifteen hundred yards in rush in, in rushing just in the playoffs. Four hundred rushing attempts in the postseason. Uh, One thousand five hundred and fifty six rushing yards. Had fifty one receptions for five hundred and four yards. Uh, along with that, with the touchdown. My my goodness, it's that's who he was as a player, and as I said before, even a better human being. So, um, our our thoughts are, are with Franco's family. Uh, you're, you'll always be loved by Steelers Nation, but at the same time, we've got to at behind the steel curtain, we've got to do what the Pittsburgh Steelers had to do on Wednesday, and that is you still had to go to work. The Steelers still had to hold practice. Yes, Mike Tomlin held a press conference after talked about Franco. The Steelers still went, just still had to go to practice, and. That's that's what they that's what they did. So what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to dive into the numbers like we normally do. Um, with with a heavy heart, we will still talk about Steelers football. So to start off these podcasts, um, well, I say start off. It's not exactly the start, but I think you all know know what I mean. That um, to 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 
get into some other numbers that we normally do is it's the Zebra Technologies uh, Next Gen Stat of the Week. It's usually multiple stats. And, and I got a little bit of a twist on one of these that I just wanted to bring up. Um, so so let's go ahead and, and hit some of these numbers here. We'll start off with Mitch Trubisky, who, uh, he, who completed passes at a plus 14.4%. Um, above expected as part of a 17 of 22 for 179-yard performance. His completion percentage above expected was the highest among quarterbacks in Week 15. So that's what what there was when it came to the Steelers' quarterback position. Next is the running back position, and they talked about both running backs because it said uh, the Panthers dared Mitch Trubisky to pass on Sunday, stacking the box against Najee, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren early and often. Warren faced a stacked box on 72.73% of his carries, most among running backs, only gaining 38 yards on 11 rushes, which was five rushing yards above expected, while Harris faced a stacked box on 50% of his carries, tied for second most in the NFL, gaining 86 yards on 24 attempts, which was plus 11 rushing yards above expected. So, the Panthers stacked the box, and the Steelers still rushed the football. Here's an interesting one that I'm going to I'm going to read because it it is, but it isn't about the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's about wide receiver DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers. DJ Moore's shoulders were point two yards out of bounds when the pass arrived on his five yard touchdown, leading to a sixteen point three completion probability. 16.3% completion probability. This was the most improbable catch in week 15 and the 15th most improbable this season. Moore leads the NFL with five receptions on targets with a sub 25% completion probability this season. The reason I wanted to bring that up is because that was a good touchdown. That was one of those plays that's like, wow, if they're going to make that play. And I'm, I'm fairly certain that was on third down. And, and that was the only touchdown the Steelers surrendered. The Panthers had to make a very improbable play, an improbable catch, just to get to the end zone against the Steelers. So I thought that was noteworthy just because of, of, of the opponent that was against. Um, so here you go. There's one more that involves George Pickens, but he's not the only player in this because it was across the NFL. But it was uh, Garrett Wilson, George Pickens, and Christian Kirk all only averaged 1.6 yards of separation from the nearest defender when targeted on Sunday, but each varied in their success. Pickens caught two passes on five targets for 53 yards. Kirk caught six of 10 for 92, and Wilson grabbed four of nine for 98 and but none of them had a touchdown. So in other words, George Pickens was involved um with, with have having the least amount of separation, which is something that we've seen with George Pickens throughout the year. He's a guy that he's open when he's not open. When versus Deontay Johnson, who just gets open. So for a young young quarterbacks that are that are looking, well, I'd say quarterback, I mean it's not that Mitch Trubisky's that young, but especially for a young quarterback and quarterbacks that are looking to really make sure they take care of the f- football, Deontay Johnson's the easier 
target most of the time because he forces that separation. So let's dive into numbers. I'm, I've got so much numbers to get to this week because, frankly, I, I had to do something in order to, 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 to distract a, a, of the tragedy that, that befell Steelers Nation. So real quick, I just want to mention one thing from this past game. I'm not going to dive too much into the numbers, but it's something that I've talked about a lot, and it's the Steelers holding an opponent to under 30 yards. Uh, this is the second time they've done it this season. Okay. The second time that they've done it this season, only six games all season has an opponent held or has a team held their opponent to under 30 yards rushing. And the Steelers have two of them. The Steelers have two of them. That's, that's crazy. Some people want to say, yeah, but it was, it was the, the Saints. Oh, it's the Panthers are very good. Well, the Panthers were a good rushing team. They rushed for 200 and some yards the, the week before. And then the Steelers turn around and hold it with 21 yards. I also find it very ironic that uh, the two games that Miles Jack has not played were the two games that the Steelers held their opponent to under 30 yards. To me, that's not, um, that's not, I'm not saying that's an indictment of Miles Jack. I think that shows um, having to dial up something schematically and the Steelers having success with it. So maybe sometimes just doing the same old, same old with the same people isn't the answer. It's doing something having to overcome something and do something different schematically has really paid off for the Steelers. So I hope they learned a lesson whether Miles Jack is on the field or not. But this was actually the 25th time, the 25th game since 1970, since the NFL merger, where the Steelers have held their opponent to under 30 yards rushing. So think about that. You're talking 52 seasons, and it's this is the 25th time. So this is a rarity even for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is the fourth time that the Pittsburgh Steelers has done this twice in one season. The Steelers did it in 2004, which was, believe it or not, it was crazy. It was those back-to-back games against the Patriots and Eagles that were both undefeated when they came in. Ben Roethlisberger rookie year. It was just one of those those things that that was insane. And that's what the Steelers did um, on that on those occasions in, in 2004. That would have been Week Eight and Week Nine, both home games. They held New England to five yards, and then. Philly to 23 yards. But both of them were on very low rushing attempts. New England was five yards on six attempts. Philly was 23 yards on nine attempts. Um, so just, just to kind of put that a little bit more in, into perspective. The next time that it happened for the Steelers was in 2009. It happened twice in a season. It happened week four against San Diego, um, where they held them to 16 yards on eight attempts. And then um, in week nine, I, I say the right one, week four against San Diego, and the week nine at Denver, uh, where the Steelers held the Broncos to 27 yards on 14 attempts. Then the Steelers actually did it again in 2020. They did it in week one against the Giants. It was 29 yards on 20 attempts. And then they did it week three against Houston, um, 29 yards on 15 attempts. And then, of course, then the, the two times in 2022, they did it against the Saints with 29 yards and then the Panthers with 21 yards. So that's just some interesting stuff um, leading from the game. Let's hit some more numbers. The title of this show was talking specifically about third down, where I, um, where I was breaking down – where it's been widely reported of the Steelers' success on third down. So that's why I would say how third down is no longer a, a dead down for the Steelers. The Steelers did not do well on third down very consistently early in the season. 
that's that that's just that's it's just what they did. Um, when you look at their third down conversions uh, to to start the year, oh, against Cincy they won the game, but they were only twenty six point seven percent. They bounced back against New England, having a, a much better conversion rate of over fifty percent, fifty three point three. That was in a loss, but you know they had one other one that was fifty percent or more prior to the bye week. And that was exactly 50 against the Jets where they were six of 12. But you look at games like Thursday, Thursday night game in Cleveland, 11%, one of nine. They were 33% against Buffalo, but that game was a bit of a blowout. Pretty good against Tampa, close to that 50, 46.7. You know, 28.6 in the loss against Miami. And then there was the abysmal one of 12, 8.3 percentage on third down against the Eagles before the bye. I wonder if that super low rate just caused something else to just say, this is what we're going to focus on. We're going to do these things because not only that, I think it's, it, it, it's a chain reaction. Coach Tomlin talked about having more success on third down because the Steelers put themselves in more manageable third downs. Well, that has multiple – putting yourself in a more manageable third down has multiple repercussions. First of all, it's much easier to convert that third down, and you get to do it in a manner that might not be as uh, risky to where you could then have a, have a turnover. So the Steelers are wanting to reduce their turnovers and do, be- and do better on third down. You just make them more manageable. So to me, I think it was a conscious effort. And here's how it's turned out. Since the buy, since the Steelers buy, they have had a 50% or higher third down conversion rate on, I'm going to mess up, on five of their six games, on all but one game. The only game that they did not have a 50% conversion rate was the loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. It was 47.1. They were eight of 17. They were 8 of 17. So if there would have been either one more conversion or one less attempt, it would have been that 50%. So the Steelers have really been on a tear. They had 12 third down conversions last week. That, when you look at that across the NFL, okay, across the NFL, there's only, there, there's only, um, two, two games where a team has had more third down conversions, not percentage, just numbers. Okay. The most of the NFL um, um, was where, where'd it go? Oh, I'm looking at the Steelers history now. Um, so I, so, so I gotta, I gotta do that. There it is. Um, that was in the Steelers history that it, that, that I was looking at. I'm sorry that I messed that up, that there's only been two games in 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 Steelers, and I say Steelers history, and according to Pro Football Reference, it only goes back to 1991 with these stats. So since 1991, the Steelers have only had two games where they had more more than 12 third down conversions. They had 15 against Cleveland in Week One in 1999. That was that infamous 41 and nothing game, and they had 13 um, at Tennessee in Week Seven of 2020. That's when that game got moved. So that's been it. So you're talking about 12. 12 is tied for the most in any game this season. So, and, and you're talking about where you're like tied with how many other ones? It, there's, there's five in all. Minnesota has one where they were 12. Dallas has one. Kansas City and Washington had one where they were 12 of 21. So not really, they got to 12 because they had so many third downs that they reached. But really with the Steelers, 
um, third third down um, conversion, they had 75%. That was the percentage this week, 75%, 12 of 16. There's only three games that had a higher percentage. That was the number I was looking for when I messed up with that too. So I'm really sorry about that. Um, three games where they had a higher percentage. Buffalo had a 90% third down conversion rate in that week one game where they kicked off the season on Thursday night and won in, in Los Angeles. Dallas had an 81.8, which was nine of 11. Okay, because Buffalo, that was nine of 10. Dallas, they were nine of 11. Um, that was versus Chicago in week eight. And then Minnesota had an 80%. They had 12 of 15. That was versus Chicago in week five. So that's how Minnesota ended up tied with the Steelers. They just had one less third down attempt. So that was so the Steelers tied for fourth of of any game in the highest third down conversion this past week. That's that's pretty pretty big deal. So if you look at the Steelers' third down conversion rate on the season, they are eighth in the NFL. They have a 42.9% conversion rate. That's 82 of 191. Um, The only team that's above 50% or even at 50% or above is Kansas City. They're at 51.2. So to let you know for a season, one team above 50% um, on third down conversion. So 50% really is a high standard. Um, Over the last six games, so since the Steelers buy, they are, and what I did is I went in and just looked at every team's last six games. So it didn't matter if they had their buy in there or not. They all had their last six. So it's not over the same number of weeks. But over the, every team's last six games, the Steelers have a, con, a third down conversion rate of 54.8. That's second in the NFL. It's 46 out of 84. The only team higher is the Dallas Cowboys, who's 48 of 87 at 55.2. So they're actually, you know, you know, they have two more conversions on three more attempts. That's the only thing that separates those two teams. Then I look specifically at the last four games. The last four games, Steelers are first. conversion rate on third down, 29 of 50. Um, Some some really, really um, good, good stuff there. So if you want to look at it, you know, over the last six games where the Steelers are are well above that 50%, that's great. But if you say, oh, you can't throw out how bad it was early. Well, even the Steelers, what what did I say? It was, there's currently at 42.9. That's actually, since 1991, that's their 10th best. So they have an opportunity to even improve on that. that that's their 10th best um, for a season, third down conversion rate, where the best is in 2007, which was 47.0. So that just kind of gives you some numbers um, so, and some context to those numbers. So here's another thing I thought I'd look at with this real quick before we head into our break, and that is... How about this? the streak that the Steelers are on? Man, if they would have hit that 50% against the Bengals, they'd have been on a six-game streak, but they're not. Instead, they're on a four-game streak of, of having 50% or more third-down conversion rates. These date back to 1991. Right now, the Steelers have the second-longest active streak of games of having a 50% conversion rate or more. Dallas is at five. The Steelers are at four. To put it in perspective, the longest streak, now this is even going over, this isn't postseason, but it can roll from one regular season to the next, goes back to, to Indy, Indianapolis, 10 straight games. That was in 2008 into 2009, and they won all 10 of those games. So that's that's 
um, a very, very long streak. But the Steelers' longest streak in in franchise history, which I say that, but it's really since 91 because that's all the further these stats go back, is five games. They did that in 2001. So if the Steelers can get 50% or more conversion rate on Christmas Eve, they will tie um, their longest streak since 91 of consecutive third down conversions of 50% or more in a game. This has been big for this offense. It's really been an important point for them. So I just thought I'd hit some of those numbers because they've been crazy with, with third down. It's made a huge difference. The Steelers are four and two um, since the bye and those, and those conversions. So they're, so they're ultimately four and one in those games where they've had a 50% or higher conversion since the bye. If you throw in all their 50% or higher, they had two losses earlier in the season. Was it two losses? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was two losses when I, when I said that uh, based on those things. Yeah, because it was, because it was, it was New England and the Jets. Both of those were losses. Boy, would I love to play those teams this now rather than when the Steelers face them. I think those are two games that would be really interesting to see how they would turn out, but you can't go back and do that. All right, we're rolling into the second half. We're going to look at the matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Las Vegas Raiders on Christmas Eve at 8.15 p.m. Whew, let's see how these numbers compare. And, and I'm, I'm going to do them like I normally do, but then I'm going to throw in a little something extra. So make sure you stick around for that. We'll be right back at this Welcome back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Thanks for sticking with me. Let's roll into some more numbers because if not, I'm going to start thinking about other things and as all the Steelers nation is, and that's just kind of where we are uh, with everything going on. But let's let's look at these numbers. I'm going to do what I do and break down the major stats, tell you where these, these, uh, th- these teams rank, and, and then I'll turn around and add a little something more to it after I'm all done. So let's look at the Raiders. We'll start with offense as we normally do. The Raiders' offense versus the Steelers' offense, there's a significant difference. The Raiders, when it comes to yardage, which is your what you, they really consider as your offensive rank, they're 11th in the NFL. They average 358.1 yards. The Steelers are 26th at 317.9. When it comes to points scored, the Raiders are 10th in the NFL, scoring 24.1 points a game. The Steelers are 27th, scoring 17.9. When it comes to rushing, you know, the the Raiders have have the NFL's leading rusher, but when it comes to team rushing, they're 13th because pretty much that's what they got. They got one guy that's pretty much doing doing everything. Um, They average uh, 126.2 yards per game. As I said, that's 13th. The Steelers are 18th, 116.1 yards per game. And then through the air, the the uh, Raiders are thirteenth as well, so they're thirteenth in both of those in both rushing and air, two hundred thirty one point nine yards per game. The Steelers are twenty fourth, two hundred one point eight yards per game. All right, so now let's go to the defense. This is where it, this is where it flips a little bit. This is where it flips. So the Steelers, 
on the on the defense, things are things are kind of going in in the right direction here for him. Um, where where these numbers are increasing. Of course, the Steelers took a big jump back in their rush defense last week, but guess what? Giving up 21 yards, they jumped right back up to where they were. So let's look at this. The Raiders. Oh, wait, I forgot. I didn't I didn't finish off the offense. I didn't finish up the offense, so I gotta do that. The Raiders have allowed 26 sacks. The Steelers have allowed 35. The the Raiders have turned the ball over 14 times to the Steelers, 17 times. So they hold the advantage in those in those categories as well. Now let's hit the defense. Yardage, what everything's ranked on. Raiders, 24th, 361.6. Steelers, 19th, 347.8 per game. Points, Raiders, 24th, 24.1 points a game. Does that 24.1 sound familiar? That's because that's exactly what the Raiders score. Their point differential in the season is one point. One point. Um, and so it averages the same over 14 games, 24.1 points a game. They score 24.1 games. They surrender. Um, with the Steelers, they surrender 22.1 points per game. That's 13th. So this, you know, so the Steelers, they're, they're ranked higher in overall yardage. They're ranked higher in points surrendered. They're also ranked higher in rush defense. The, the Raiders are 15th. Uh, which is 117.4 yards per game, where the Steelers are seventh, 109 yards per game. And in the pass defense, that's where the Steelers are the lowest on defense because they're they're 24th at 238.8, but they're still ahead of the of the Raiders just barely, who are 26 with 244.3. Um, then there, the when it comes to the other stats. The Steelers have a, a few more sacks, 29 to 25 of the Raiders, and the Steelers have, have, have more takeaways, 17 to the Raiders only having 11. So that's the numerical breakdown that I give you every week and all that. I thought I'd take it a little bit next level. I'm going to do the whole thing over again, but I'm only going to look at the last four games. I want to know how these teams are trending. Are these two teams that are on the rise? Are these two teams that are on the decline? Or are they? Are these two teams teams that are maintaining? In other words, how much is their last four games affecting their rankings in a good or bad way? So let's look at this. And you're going to find that in almost every single category, I think there's just one for one team. And then I'll talk about that. Both of these teams are actually been better over the last four games than they are for the for their season. So both of these teams are teams that are that are more on the rise. The Raiders and overall offense over the last four games, yeah, they're up to fifth. They were eleventh, they're fifth, almost four hundred yards per game. Where the Steelers, they're seventeenth. That's from twenty sixth up to seventeenth. I don't. I could give you the numbers, but sometimes these rankings tell a little bit more. I'll throw in the numbers otherwise. I mean, the Steelers three hundred thirty two yards a game. But the but the Raiders then when you look at points, they they are seventh. They have they've scored a lot more points over the last four games. They they average twenty eight point two five points a game just over the last four games. So they moved up from tenth to seventh. The Steelers moved from twenty seventh to nineteenth, up to twenty point two five points per game. Then when you look at the rushing yards, the the Raiders, they are second in the NFL over the last four weeks, rushing for 174.75 yards. You know, Josh Jacobs had that huge game in there. The only reason I remember is because he's on my fantasy team. Um, And the Steelers, they're 11th. They're up from 18th to 11th. So the Raiders go from 13th to 2nd. The Steelers go from 18th to 11th. The Steelers are averaging 136.75 rushing yards over the last four games. And they had that one game against the Ravens in there that wasn't all that great. Um, then you talk about throwing the ball. 
This is where one where the the numbers are slightly different, but the rankings are the same. The Raiders are 13th in the NFL in passing, just like they are for the season. Um, and their yardage is pretty close. It's a little bit less. It's 222.75. The Steelers, they're a little bit better, although ranking-wise, but they're lower in overall number. They've been at they average 195.25 yards um per game, but that's 22nd versus 24th for the season. It's getting to this time of year. It's December. It's cold. Teams would like to run the ball more rather than have to pass it all the time. Um, over the last four games, the Steelers have surrendered six sacks while the or while the, while the Raiders have surrendered four. The Steelers have only had three turnovers. Those were all on Mitch Trubisky coming off the bench. The Raiders have had seven. Half their turnovers on the season have been in the last four games. So that's something to remember. Now let's check the defense. Let's check the defense. This is interesting. The Raiders' overall defense were, was 24th on the season. They're 18th over the last four games, giving up 339 yards, 339.5 yards. The Steelers... They jump from 19th to third. The Steelers are the third best defense in the NFL over the last four weeks, 278.5 yards. Yeah, that, that's a thing. Now, now you got the Raiders. Let's go to the points. 24th in points over the, throughout, when you look at the whole season, 18th in points surrendered when looking at just the last four games. They've been given up 23.75, so slightly less than the 24.1. The Steelers... They go from 13th to 5th. They've been given up 16.25 points over the last four games. When you look at rushing defense, the Raiders go from 15th to 8th, only gave up 103.5 yards. The Steelers go from 7th to 17th. 123 yards. That's because you had the big Falcons game. You had the big, the really big Ravens game. I'm going to come back to that one when we're done. So that's that 7th to 17th. That's the only one that's in the wrong direction. Then you look at the passing defense. The, the, the Raiders slightly improved from 26th up to 23rd with 236 yards a game. The Steelers, they went from the 24th passing attack average for the season to over the last four games being first. That's right, first. Number one passing defense over the last four games. They've only surrendered 155.5 yards through the air. That's a big difference for the Steelers, you know, over those last four games. It really is. Uh, the Steelers have had 10 sacks over the last four games. The Raiders have had 12. The Steelers have had three takeaways. The Raiders have had five. So the Raiders have done more in that department with sacks and takeaways. But other than the Steelers' rush defense, that everything would everything's improved rankings wise if you look at just the last four games for both of these teams, but I, I'm going to say that the that the Raiders' offense saw a much bigger jump than their defense, but the Steelers' defense saw a much bigger jump than their offense. Now to go look at those rushing yards real quick. If instead of going the last four games, you did the last six, which goes back to the Steelers' by, the Steelers instead of seventeenth averaging 123 yards, they would be sixth, averaging 97.2 yards, honestly. And the the Raiders, instead of being eighth, averaging 103.5, if you add two more games on before that for them, they'd be down to 15th, which would be what, what they are for the season, averaging 119.2 yards. So when you look at it, which way these teams are trending, 
both of these teams are doing better compared to the rest of the NFL um, over the last four games. Uh, the Steelers more on the defensive side, but still better on the offense. The Raiders more on the offensive side, but still uh, with the defense. Uh, you want to talk about a number that's going to be important uh, in this game. I'm going to throw it out there because I, it's one I've heard, but I, I think it could even change between now and then. Eight. Last I heard, that it's going to be eight degrees when this game kicks off. Um, you've got a team from the desert coming in, playing a team with a quarterback that already plays with two gloves. <laughs> so hopefully that can help him out a little bit. That's going to be interesting. But then again, that could then turn to the running game. The the Raiders have, have a very good run game, but the Steelers are really hit and miss with their run defense. Great last week, not good the week before. Great in the first half against Atlanta, not in the second half. Did what did great the week before? Did did great against the Saints coming out of the bye? So you've got all these different factors, and that is why you play these games on the field and not on paper, because that's just what they are. But there's some of the numbers behind it, um, telling you a little bit of how how the Raiders are doing. Their offense is prolific. They're they've had a lot of shuffling of their offensive line. They do struggle some there. Um, I was I was on a podcast um, for for the Raiders of the SB Nation Raiders site. And that was one thing that he said he was very jealous of the Steelers, that they've started the same five offensive linemen all season because the Raiders have not had that luxury. Um, so we'll, we just got to see how this all plays out. Make sure you're checking out all of our podcasts. There was a, there's going to be a, another change to the postgame show. There was a miscommunication in there with the Aussies. We thought they were, they were good. They were originally going to be good, but um but then some other things came up with it being Christmas Day for them. So there will be a post-game podcast um, after this game, late Christmas Eve slash Christmas. It's not going to be those guys. I think I know some people that are going to be involved with it, but we want to hammer that all down um, whenever we whenever we get that. Other than that, all the podcasts should be coming at to you about the same, except for my last-minute thoughts will, will come out Saturday afternoon uh, prior to the game rather than Sunday morning. Um, Check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It really is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, if you didn't catch last night's Know Your Enemy podcast, go back and check that out on the audio form. Um, we've got What Yin's Talking About coming out later today. And then, of course, myself, Jeff Hartman, Brian Anthony Davis, uh, live tonight on YouTube and Facebook Live for the Steelers preview. That's always a lot of fun. Make sure you are, are – subscribing wherever you get podcasts so that way you don't miss a thing. Thank you all for the support. It's a tough time for Steelers Nation. We've got to come together. Uh, hopefully this team can can go out there and uh, and and play hard for Franco. Um, he was just a great guy, great Steeler, great legend. You know, they'll still have the ceremony. They'll still retire the number. It's It's just devastating that he won't be there. Um, so the best thing the Steelers can do is go out there and, and play in a way that would make him proud. So as I always say to Fishies Out, thanks for joining me, and thanks for geeking out with me. We'll see you next week after Christmas for the last show of 2022.